welcome to 1322 Life. I'm your host, Bree Smith, and we're going to dive right in. So this week, I don't have any special guests or anything. Um, this week, I have to uh, do an episode about me. Um, as you guys know, this is God's podcast, not mine. And so I just do whatever it is that he tells me to do and uh, be obedient to that. But it is sometimes hard <laughs> to be obedient um, to whatever it is God is telling me at the time. And um, this week has been one of those weeks. Um, I was su supposed to record this weeks ago and I've been dragging my feet on it because it's not a topic that I necessarily care to talk about. Um, at least not with like diving deep, but God asked me, he was like, how can you expect people to come up here and be vulnerable if you're not willing to do the same? And so, uh, I guess with where he's taking this, it's more so a testimony space, a space where we can share our wins and our falls and just like navigate through that together. Um, and so I'm going to, you know, just hope that I'm creating a safe space for us where we can be vulnerable, where we can let our guard down, where we can talk about things that are a little tough and that God may still be working on us um, on and then grow and flourish and be great, greater because of it. Right. Um, so, you know, you guys bear with me. I'm going to be transparent and I just hope that. It's a safe space for me to do so with you. So last week, um, we talked about childhood trauma. And it was very, like, surface level with um, me not having to share, right? Um, but instead, just bringing on an expert to talk to us about how we can get through that. And um, Pastor Dana is actually one of the people that has helped me uh, work through a lot of my um, trauma and things that I've gone through. And so it was great to have her. But I also have to uh, just be vulnerable so that you guys can know in real life what that may look like to work through your childhood trauma. Um, and so for me, uh, I want to start off by saying like, I've gone through a lot um, in my childhood. And so um, I've been molested raped. Um, I felt like Cinderella growing up. I had a dad that was very absent. Um, he was always at prison. So my, my life was not a fairy tale. Um, and I thought that, you know, at 18, I was finally going to break free and get true freedom and be able to go out and be, <laughs> be wild, be free, do whatever I want to do. And instead, um, I got pregnant with my daughter at 17 and during my senior year of high school and added to my own uh, pain and had to now become a mom when I was just really just looking forward to trying to be a kid because I didn't get to be one during my childhood. Right. Um, but now I had to be a mama and I had to be extremely responsible and make sure I gave her the best life possible. And um, all that came with that, which was self-inflicted. Right. Um, and my daughter is a blessing, not a mistake by any means. Uh, but at the same time, that was tough. And so, uh, first things first, uh, we were talking about forgiveness last week. And so 
I think the best way for me to explain this, just in case any of the people that have hurt me are listening or watching this, um, whenever you are, uh, I forgive you. And so, um, during this episode, there may be tears and things like that because it does still hurt. And the best way I can explain that is a situation I saw play out with my daughters. And so, um, I have four amazing children and, uh, my two girls are the oldest we're a blended family and, uh, Monica and Lele, they were playing and Lele, she's wild and free, right? That's my baby. And so, uh, but sometimes, you know, people get hurt when you're wild and free. <laughs> and so I think she was jumping or whatever. And, um, she landed on Monica's foot or something. And so Monica's foot was hurting. So she was limping a little bit. And so, you know, Monica was like, ow, ow, ouch. And Layla was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And she was like, it's okay, I forgive you. And then um, Layla still heard Monica saying, ouch, ouch. And she was like, I said, I'm sorry. And Monica was like, yeah, and I forgive you, but it still hurt. And so um, even though some of these things I'm talking about haven't happened in decades, um, it is old, okay? Um, it is years and years old and I want you to know, I forgive you, but it still hurts, um, at times. And so, you know, it's not every day that I'm played with what I've gone through, but there are some days where it just hits me like a ton of bricks and I may have to go back to my counselor and be like, why is this bothering me? Why is this getting to me? Um, I thought I, I thought I worked through this already, right? Um, I should be over this, but, um, a lot of it still hurts. And so, it's been um, a journey, a journey. So some of the biggest things I had to get over and or not get over, but um, try to work through um, were the four I mentioned. So um, I was molested by a man I used to call grandpa and um, he is not my biological grandfather. He is of no blood relation to me. Um, he is not family to me, um, but he is still married to my grandmother. And so um, I was molested from age six to 12, but it may have even started before then. Um, I just remember that it was happening from at least age six. And um When I told, I didn't even know I was telling. And so it was just, I was so conditioned to thinking it was normal that when I was telling um, my cousins, like, you know, sometimes I don't like to go to grandma and grandpa's house because, you know, grandpa touches me and they're like, touch you how? And I told them, and they're like, oh no, he's not supposed to do that, Bree. Um, you know, that open a floodgate, I had to go to court and um, tell this story over and over again. I had to see therapists and tell them and um, tell police officers over and over, get on a stand and tell them and get ate up by a lawyer at age 12 um, that was trying to say I was lying about something that happened to me. And um, it just, it wasn't right. <laughs> None of it was right. Um. What he did was not right, and it's not my fault. And um, 
none of it was right. And it was just, it was just a very hard process. So it's not something I talk about um, often, if at all, because I just, I refuse to be that little girl anymore. But by thinking that I had got over it um, and by just ignoring it, it actually like transpired, transpired into something really different. Um, when I was an adult, um, just a few years ago, uh, when he was released from prison, I had panic attacks. I immediately started sobbing when I found out um, that he was released because no one told me. And um, one of the biggest pains from that was that uh, I felt like I lost my grandma uh, because I felt like she chose him over me um, during the court process, during um, all of the years following. I went from being with my grandmother. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> this is not supposed to be that, right? Um, give me a moment. Sorry. But I went from being with my grandma every weekend or every other weekend because I was with my maternal and paternal grandmothers just as much. Um, and being grandma's baby and writing about her in fifth grade saying how she was my hero to my grandma not even staying on the phone with me longer than two minutes. And for anyone that knows me, I'm a third generation talker, okay? Um, my grandma talks. <laughs> my mama talks and I talk. Um, and Monica got it honest and she is a fourth generation and she talks and it seems like my baby boy is already talking too, right? So where are some talkers? So for her to not talk to me for more than two minutes at a time or a minute at a time, you know, for the years following, for years and years, when I used to talk to her every day when I got home from school for forever, it seemed like uh, that hurt. Um, it hurt tremendously and it still hurts because I still don't have the relationship that I would like to have with her um, still today as an adult. Uh, and I just try and deal with that and just take what I can. Um, but, um, I was having panic attacks. I was having panic attacks thinking that I might see him at a grocery store or something or just bump into him. I was having panic attacks when uh, my great uncle died and he was right or he, he was at the house, um, at my great uncle's house. And I wanted to go over there to see my aunt and then I found out he was there and I was having panic attacks because he was one block away from my house and I, I didn't want to see him or run into him. I was hyperventilating. I was crying hysterically. I was on the floor. My husband didn't know what to do. He had to call my pastor, Pastor Dana. Um, and, she, <laughs> and she didn't know what to do much either. But, you know, she just prayed with me to help call me. Um, I mean, I, I went through it. I went through it. And so I had to release that. And so um, one of the things that I had worked on with Pastor Dana um, and working through that and talking through that, uh, was just like, I don't know. It actually didn't come from me working with her on this part of uh, the thing that ended up helping release that was forgiveness. 
And I still haven't seen them to this day. I, I have no desire to, but I don't hyperventilate or get uh, anxiety over it. And I've never been an anxious person. The only time I've ever had anxiety attacks was thinking I was going to see this man. Um, but um, I had a dream or a vision. I don't know if I was awake or if I was asleep, um, but uh, God talks to me through my dreams a lot. And so uh I think I had a dream. And so I had this dream and I was in heaven. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm gonna make it in the pearly gates. Right. And uh, and so I was seeing and it was like a bunch of people surrounding me. And then it was like we were going into a circle of prayer. And I was looking in the room and I saw my grandmas and I saw, you know, my husband. I saw people I love and know, but I also saw him. And so. I was confused. Because to be honest, I always felt like he deserved to die and go to the pit of hell. And that's just me being honest and vulnerable in this space. And so when I saw him, I was confused because I'm like, God, how is he in here? And so, you know, although what he did was a horrible thing to me, you know, due to him dealing with his own demons and things like that, um, God forgives him. If he's taken that to God and asked for forgiveness, God forgives him. And the same blood that covers me for my sins covers him for his sins. There's nothing we can do that God will not forgive. There's nothing we can do to X ourselves out of heaven completely. Like, um, I just I really believe that God just loves us that much. He sent Jesus to die for our sins so that we don't have to so that we don't have to go to hell. And so it was just like God was just letting me know in that moment. He's my child, too. And that was tough. <laughs> um, that was very tough for me. Um, and so for me uh, to deal with that, that was just like, wow. OK. And God said, you know. Uh, let him know you forgive him. I'm like, what? I ain't got no apology, God. Like he hasn't apologized to me. And he was like, let him know you forgive him. So I called my grandma and um, I asked her, was he around and if I could speak with him? And I told her about my dream and told her how, you know, God told me I need to let him know I forgive him. And, you know, I tried to really just pass it off and be like, you know, if he doesn't want to talk to me, that's OK. You can tell him I forgive him. We done. We good. Right. <laughs> um, but she said, no, no, no. Um, I'm going to talk with him and see if, you know, he's open to having that conversation. And um you know, you can let him know that yourself. So I, I wasn't able to take an easy way out. So I said, OK. Um, so um, later on that night, I called her that morning. Um, but later on that evening or whatever, uh, she called me back with him and I got on the phone and I told him, you know, I forgive you. And then uh, he said, I forgive you, too. And I said, hold on, wait, <laughs> wait a minute, you know, um, I ain't do nothing wrong. And that's one thing I know for a fact. And uh, so I was like, um, excuse you. And he was like, oh, no. Um, what I mean is I accept your forgiveness. But notice there was still no apology. Um, and he went on to ask me, do you think that it was right for how the lawyers painted me as a monster or whatever the case may be? And I said, uh, yes, I do. Uh, because I know the trauma it has caused me. And so for him to still not just like 
really show any remorse. Um, but instead, you know, just say, well, you know, I accept your forgiveness. And then, uh, he did say, you know, uh, I still see you guys as family. If you want, we, we can still be family or whatever. And I was like, oh, no, mm -mm, nope. <laughs> uh, and that's where it comes in with boundaries because forgiveness does not mean that you get access to me. Forgiveness does not mean that you, you get to be a part of my life. Um, forgiveness just means that I forgive you. I'm not harboring any ill will or feelings towards you or want a revenge towards you or anything like that. Like I have no ill feelings towards that man anymore. Um, so I forgive him. I forgive him wholeheartedly. Will I ever call him grandpa again? No. Will I ever allow him around my children? No. Um, will I allow him to have access to me, my family, my life? No. Um, but do I forgive him? Yes. Wholeheartedly. Um, I'm not wishing on his downfall. I'm not wishing for him to get diseases. I'm not wishing for him to die. I, I'm not, I, I've just, I've let it go. Let go, let God, I release that to the Lord. Um, and I hope that he does become remorseful and, um, things of that nature. But even if I never get an actual apology, I've had to let that go because, uh, unforgiveness is really and truly like, uh, drinking your drinking poison and expecting your enemy to die. Right. And that's just not how it works. And so me harboring unforgiveness would literally it, 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 it showed up in those panic attacks. I'm not even an anxious person. I'm not someone that has anxiety issues. Um, but for me to have full blown panic attacks to the point where I can't even drive to go around the corner um, or and I'm just like on the floor and I'm sobbing and I'm like sobbing. OK, like probably you heard me from a block away how hard I was crying, sobbing, snot down my face and everything. Like I was hysterically sobbing and could not move. It was just shaking, rocking in fetal position. I mean, it was rough. Um, but I had to like release that and let that go. And, uh, I feel free because of it. I feel so much freer because of it. Um, I'm not scared to run into him, but I'm also not looking to run into him either. You know, I'm not going to intentionally go somewhere where he is, but I'm not scared to go into Walmart in the city he lives in and bump into him. It just, it is what it is. You know, if I see him, I'm probably going to keep it moving. I may not speak. I'm just going to go about my life. Um, but it's not something where I'm going to have to like where I'm fearful or anxious or scared or whatever the case may be. Uh, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not carrying that anymore. I refuse to like the devil can't have me in that way. And so forgiving him has freed me. Um, and so I've had to do a lot during the last, uh, three years, especially, um, from 2020, to now, like God has just been working some things out and through me, uh, just developing me personally. He has just been like removing everything that is not of him from me. So like selfishness, unforgiveness, um, just a lot. Right. Um, me having to apologize to people. It's just been a lot where he's just been working on me and through me and like working through that has given me so much more power. It's also allowed me to be the person that I've always known myself to be out loud in front and center, though, because 
for me, because I was harboring so much pain and unforgiveness and things like that and had so many trust issues, um, it showed up. It showed up in other places of my life. So like when it came to um, me meeting people and things like that, I don't I didn't trust them. So I didn't want to talk to them. And I wouldn't show people the bubbly fun side of me because I felt like they didn't deserve it. Like they had to earn it or something. Right. So it was like not just walls. It was like barbed wire, electrical fencing <laughs> um, and spiky terrain surrounded me before you could get to the gushy center of where it's just like me being a cornball fun and free. Um, and so instead now, like that version of Brie, the the fun and free Brie is out front and center versus the part of me that was just like, you're not going to hurt me and like had walls up, up. OK, um, it really freed me by just going through the journey of like just forgiving people for the pain that they caused in my life. Um, and even some things like just having to forgive again. Um, because even though after I've had conversations of where I forgive them, I will feel like that um, pain when that shows up. Sometimes I feel like the resentment or the hate trying to bubble up too, and then having to dismiss that and say, no, I've already given that to God. I do forgive them. I do forgive them. I do forgive them. And stating out loud, I forgive so-and-so um, so that it just, it's just like, no devil, you can't have me in that way. Sometimes forgiveness is a process. Sometimes it's a journey. Sometimes it's something that you have to continually do and choose to do. Um, because like I said, like the pain and the, and the trauma from it, it hits kind of in waves. And so um, the grief that comes from that trauma, like and it comes in ways, it's like I still have to go ahead and make sure I'm practicing forgiveness in those moments so that it doesn't overtake me and um, and I don't succumb to it. And so uh, during this time, I've had to forgive a lot of people uh, or quite a few people um, without apology. Really no apologies given, um, none, none meaningful, at least. And so. That's been that's been rough. That's been extremely rough. Um, I was raped by somebody that I thought was a friend that I had known and, you know, for years. And that hurt. That was rough. And I forgive you. Um, I have not told him that personally, but I do forgive you if you're watching this. And I do not wish to be contacted by you or to talk to you. But um. Yeah. And then he also set set it up so that someone broke into my house. Uh, I think it was that same night that he raped me. <laughs> like he had someone break into my house um, as he was over there. And, you know, just going through that, that was that was tough. Um, that was extremely tough. But I forgive you. Um, and I'm letting that go. Whew. And there's. Um, just been other trauma, right? So I, I've, I've just, I've been through a whole lot. Um, the sexual abuse is the stuff that is like, you know, apparent to talk about and really rough, but just like there was also a lot of other like things I dealt with too. Um, my father was not present in my life. He just wasn't. Uh, when he was free and at home, he would give me money, uh, but he would never give me his presence. Whenever I was supposed to be with him, I was instead with my grandma. Um, he never had the time of day for me. 
he would do some fun stuff with me or something like that and then send me about my way or leave me with a girlfriend or whoever. But my father was not there. And so that led to me looking for male attention in the wrong places. Um, and also by not having my father there to like protect me, I, I found myself in different situations. By my parents not protecting me or being there or having other things that mattered more to them, I was in crazy situations. If I had uh, attentive parents <laughs> um, that were watching over me and things like that, I, I wouldn't have gone into some of those situations. I wouldn't have been raped and I wouldn't have um, had my child so early. I really wouldn't have um, because if they were home watching over me and having a relationship with me and spending time with me, um, I wouldn't have been looking for it elsewhere. And, you know, yes, I, I had a part to play in some of the pain that I've gone through. But I just feel like when you're a kid and you're stupid and you don't know what you're doing and you have way more freedom than what you should have, um, it's just a recipe for a disaster. It doesn't matter how responsible you think that kid is. Um, it's a recipe for a disaster uh, when you just leave them alone to their own vices for too long. It's just it, it just is. And so, um, yeah, I made some poor decisions, but also if I had parents that were just like in relationship with me and spending time with me, having fun with me or, and making that time of day for me and just like watching over me and being like, nope, can't do that. Nope. Can't do this. Or, um, and not in a way where it's just like trying to be mean, but just like, Hey, I'm trying to protect you for something. And it's like, Hey, instead, like, you know, spend time with me. Like spend time with mommy, spend time with dad. Like, let's go do this or something like that. Um, or yeah, you can go do this with these parameters set around it or something like that. But, you know, um, I understand that parenting is also not um, easy and that I, my parents had me as teenagers. So they didn't know what they were doing. Um, my mom tells me all the time I was the guinea pig, but uh, you definitely got it wrong <laughs> with me a lot. And so uh, that that hurt. Uh, and so I get that, but they're growing up and I, while trying to raise me and I'm growing up and it just, it was a recipe for disaster. So yeah, my dad not being there hurt a lot. And I felt like, you know, if he was in his rightful place as my father, even whether him and my mom worked out or not, right. If he was just right in his rightful position as my father, there was a lot of pain that I could have not encountered. Um, Children need their fathers. They need that protection. They need their dad to be there and to just cover them, right? Um, and I didn't have that. I had a stepdad that was there at first. And once the divorce happened, um, he slowly, like, you know, went away. Uh, and he threw me away along with my siblings, so, um, which are his biological children. And that hurt. Uh, that hurt a lot. Um, because I looked at him as my dad and as my real dad because he was there, right? He gave me baths. He washed me up. He made sure I was good. Um, he was there for me. Uh, and then he just disappeared. And, you know, he got a new wife that didn't really care for him to take care of his own kids or children he was raising before, but only wanted him to be there for her kids. And so that hurt. 
And um, I'm still working on forgiving that. Um, so, you know, there's some things I still have to work through because I never I haven't necessarily dealt with um, the pain that caused me. Um, but I forgive you um, or I'm working on forgiving you, but I forgive you. I choose to forgive you. Um, and then. Also, I just really don't want this to be a space where it's like I'm trying to bash people because that's not the point of this. Um, it really is not. And it, that's what it feels like. And that's part of the reason why I don't necessarily want to talk about these things, uh, because it really feels like I'm bashing them or showing the worst parts of them. Um, like. My grandma, for instance, she's the reason why I know Jesus the way I do. She's an amazing woman that has really taught me a lot and really instilled my faith in me. And so, you know, it hurts that, yes, she, you know, chose a man over me. But at the same time, she taught me how to make pancakes and she loves me. And, you know, she she has her own things that she's working through. And I love her and I forgive her. Um, I, I really don't have anything for that man for why he did what he did. But maybe he was touched or something and he just didn't know. I don't I don't know. Um, nothing excuses it, though, when, you know, you're 60 something touching a six year old. Like, that's just not OK. Uh, that's just not what you do. Um, but, you know, nonetheless, like, I'm not here to bash because I forgive, like, at the same time, um, I just, I just, I don't know, like, I just, I don't want this to be a bashing party, I, I, I'm not trying to make people be like, oh, they, our family horrible, um, <laughs> it's just, but it's just like, you know, I've, I've gone through a lot. I've gone through a lot. Um, and one of the things that hurt the most that I really skipping over because uh, I don't want a grudge held against me or anything for it is just like my relationship with my mom, though, uh, because I'm the oldest of her four. And so I had to be a mom before I was ready to be a mom. I had to take care of my siblings and I didn't get to have a childhood because of that. There are weekends where I couldn't go to my grandmother's house and my place of refuge because she wanted me to be home to watch the kids so that she could go out and do what she wanted to do and have fun. But it's like I needed my own release from that. I had to, um, you know, cook dinner, which may just be putting chicken pot pies in the oven or something. Right. Um, but I had to do that. I had to clean the entire kitchen top to bottom every single night. And if I didn't, I got beat out of my sleep because of it. I had to do homework and stay on top of my own homework because the sea was unacceptable in my house. And also, you know, help my siblings with their homework and make sure that they got their baths and help get them get up early in the morning and get them dressed and ready for school and stuff before getting myself dressed and ready for school. And then like if I was tired or if I was missing the bus a lot, then getting scolded and yelled at and beat for it. Like it was just that was rough. OK, um, that hurt a lot. It hurt me a ton. And. I do forgive you, mommy, I do, but it still hurts. And um, she's someone I've had to forgive without apology because my mom does not apologize for anything. Um, and that is rough. Yeah, I've had to uh, also remove my expectations from people 
and forgive people and also just accept that I only get from them what I can get from them, right? Um, so they may not love me the way that I feel like I should be loved. And I've just had to accept it because I, I want my parents in my life. I want my grandma in my life. I want I want these people in my life. Uh, I love I love my parents. I love my mom. I love my dad. I love my grandma. Um, <clears throat> but I've had to accept that they can't love me the way that I need to be loved and let that be okay and just accept whatever it is they can give me and that has been tough that has been tough um my dad is still absent you know um and while I no longer live with my mom I still don't have the relationship with her that I would like to have um I still don't have the relationship with my grandmother that I would like to have and so it's like yeah none of these things are like currently happening to me but it feels like it's still currently happening to me because I still don't have what I want I still don't have the relationship with them that I would like to have and so that is rough and so sometimes it's just a constant forgiveness of them not being who it is that I want them to be and just accepting them for who they are and what they do have to offer the love they do have to offer and just being okay with that and I'm hoping that um this episode of stand up hearing it doesn't cause an even deeper wedge between us um because that's really not the purpose of this but it's really just to speak on like having to forgive pain that still hurts is rough um and so when it comes to childhood trauma being able to say that i forgive you um it has allowed me a lot in these three years, I've had to call and say I forgive you um, to my mom, to uh, the man that molested me, my grandmother's husband. Um, I've tried to talk to my grandma kind of about this, but she refuses to have a conversation about it. But so we just kind of go through our emotions and we talk about Jesus <laughs> and, um, you know, and about my babies and her her great grands and we kind of leave it there but I do forgive her for the pain that she caused and um you know I understand that she was affected too and it hurt her too and it was something for her to go through too because this was basically happening in her home and she didn't know it and it happened to her grandbaby and you know she was defenseless in it so I don't know what she could be working through on it I don't know if she feels some kind of guilt from it and it's not your fault grandma like it really is not. If you hear this, I don't know if you ever will. My grandma probably don't even listen to podcasts. So, you know, but, um, yeah. Yeah. During these three years, God has just been digging. Okay. He has just been digging, digging, digging things up and out of me and having me to like face them head on. And just like put forgiveness on it and forgive with him. And like, I'm not able to do all these things on my own. It's really with God. And, you know, um, it also like I'm also a very apologetic person now. Like I, I apologize all the time, like to my children and everything. Uh, in my marriage, like whenever I'm doing something wrong, I'm just like quick to say I'm sorry. I guess more so like to plant those seeds because hopefully one day I'll get my apology. 
but it's so important to like please please apologize to your children when you mess up please own it and an apology is doing something to correct it afterwards you don't say sorry and then turn around and do the same thing the next day like I I went ahead or at least you know you try and get it to where you're doing it less and less like I had a problem with yelling a lot um and so I would yell at my kids all the time and then I had to tell them like I'm sorry and I was like you know I'm so sorry mommy's going to get better at this and I'm going to do better and so I had to say that a lot. And then sometimes I'd be kicking myself in the butt because it's like I just said I'm sorry. And now here I am saying I'm sorry again in the same day sometimes or the very next day. But soon I saw that it was like, you know, weeks apart. And now it's at a point where it's like months and months um, apart where I have to, you know, apologize about yelling. Because sometimes I still do yell. But they, they deserve it sometimes, you know. <laughs> um, they really be testing me. But it's like, I don't like to yell at my kids. So it's like something I apologize for. And then my daughter is able to come and tell me and say, Mommy, thank you. Like I'm so happy. Like, thank you for not yelling at us as much. Like, you said that you were going to get better at that. And you have. And that little girl makes me feel so good. It's so great being her mama. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I did to deserve such an amazing human being. Um, but she just. She 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 makes my world my bubba and so, um, your kids are watching you and they're watching how you deal with things. Um, my daughter might be secretly listening to me recording this right, um, and hearing how I'm dealing with things and how I'm working through things, and she's taking notes and taking lessons. And so, um, I want to set the right example, and that's that we forgive in this house. That's that we apologize in this house. That's that we um we learn from our mistakes and do better. Because I don't want my childhood trauma to become her childhood trauma. Um, generational curses can look like a bunch of different things. Um, one of the pastors I listen to, uh, Pastor Tim, he has a podcast called The Basement, which is amazing. If you haven't listened to it, you should listen. Um, and he was saying how, you know, he talks about how when he was molested as a child um, and then how that had transpired to um, one night when he told about it, how he admitted how he was molested. Then his mom admitted how she had been molested as a child and his dad admitted that he had been molested as a child and his parents had never actually even spoke to each other about it. And I just wonder, like. Maybe it's speaking about it and just like um, them talking about it amongst each other. Like, you know, how maybe that broke the curse so that now his children never get touched because he was like, hey, look, this happened to me and, you know, worked through and forgave. And so. Because of that, like that may have broke a generational curse. I don't know if anyone else in my family has been molested. What like, But I know that when I came out about me getting molested, I did learn about some other people. So I do know. Like, you know, um, of some other relatives that had gone through similar. But at the same time, like, um, I don't I don't think my parents were. I don't know. But maybe it was like it could have been a generational curse. And maybe because I'm forgiving the person who did that to me, I'm praying that that is what is necessary to, like, break that curse so that my children never have that happen to them. Um, because I never want them to be touched inappropriate. I never want them to go through these things. I never want them to go through, um, a lot of hurt and like, you know, some of the hurt and pain that I dealt with from, 
um, my childhood and things like that with my parents not being there or attentive to me. I try and make sure I'm attentive to my kids. That's how I break that generational curse. But like forgiveness can also help you to like break out of these these curses. It helps it from going down to your children. I don't know how everything works, um, but I know that forgiveness is very powerful and I think it has the power to break chains. And so. I forgive for me. I forgive for my children. I forgive for my grandchildren um, because it's, it's important. It's very important. You know, I don't I don't want it to pass down. I really don't. I don't want the pain I've gone through to pass down to anyone. And so uh, I don't want, you know, even strangers or any of you listening to have gone through any of the things I've gone through. And if you are, have, I'm, I'm sorry. If you haven't had someone apologize to you, I'm sorry. If I owe you an apology, I'm sorry. Uh, and we can talk about it, you know, offline. If I do owe you an apology or if anyone wants to work anything out with me because I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes. Um, and I know I've caused pain, even though, you know, a lot of pain has been inflicted on me. I know I caused pain. I used to be so angry. I used to be so angry. Um, and so I think that because I was walking around with unforgiveness in my heart, like I would just be like I told you, I had that barbed wire up and I just I was just harsh. I was harsh with how I spoke to people. I was very standoffish. I was not open to relationships of like, you know, like good friendships or anything like that because I was just so guarded. And so like I, I see me now like, you know, and it's crazy, but like I see me now and I see how I'm interacting with people and how free and loving and outgoing I am now. And it's just. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful to watch because I'm watching me. Right. But I see I, I know what I've gone through. I, I know what that hurt little girl looked like. And. 12 and 10 and 15 and 16. I know what that little girl that used to get in a lot of fights in elementary school looked like. I know what that little girl who used to just snap off on people and just be waiting for someone to say anything out the way to go off. I know what that little girl looks like that was just so angry and mad at the world and wanted to take it out on whoever. Um, you know, I know what she looks like. I know her pain. And then I know what this grown woman looks like too, where I'm free. And I'm able to go ahead and invite people over or have fun with people or meet people on networking and like just click. And I have met people that are so amazing and phenomenal. And it's just like it's just opened me up. It's just opened me up to just have a life just full of a lot more joy um, and purpose. It's just opened me up to really just feel happier every day. Um, I'm not wearing that because when you wear unforgiveness and you let that hold you down and harbor you like you wear that you wear that and it's heavy. It's heavy to walk around with unforgiveness. It is so heavy and it's tiring and you're walking around and you're mad because if you have that unforgiveness, you got to remember why you're mad. Right. So it's replaying all these things you're going through and you're really just torturing yourself daily. You're allowing the devil to torture you by holding on to that unforgiveness. And so I just decided to let it go let it go because it's not worth it. It's not worth my peace. Nothing is worth my peace. Right. And so it's just like, I have so much more joy in my heart and my spirit and my mind. Like I have so much joy when I go about my day because I have let go of the unforgiveness. Cause as you can see, 
um, during this, like I've been, I've been going through like some emotions, like it's still painful. It still hurts. Right. Um, I have unhealed wounds, you know, um, the scabs are not, you know, it's still scabs. It's not scars. Like, you know, it, it feels like it's getting peeled up as soon as, you know, I, I talk about it and stuff sometimes, but at the same time, while it is still very painful for me, um, when I think about it and dive into it, because I'm not thinking about it often, like I'm able to walk through my day with joy because I, I choose to forgive. And so since I'm forgiving, I'm not dwelling on it. That's why I also don't like to talk about it because it's just like I'm not dwelling on it. I'm letting that go um, because a lot of these people that hurt me. I love these people. I love them. I love them wholeheartedly. And um, I don't I don't wish any ill will for them. Like, how would it feel going about your day like wishing ill will towards your parents or your grandparents or anyone like it, it it doesn't feel good the people that help create you the people whose dna is running through you is it, it it doesn't feel good it doesn't feel good i remember as a teenager telling my mom i hate her and i meant it and that doesn't feel good and i'm sorry mom for ever saying that to you um because i know that probably had to hurt you whether you showed it or not and so i'm sorry um but yeah it it's just hurt people hurt people and i just know that like me just being so angry and just like going off hurt people like i had people not want to be my friend or talk to me because uh they just thought i was so mean and so um working through that doing the work on that it has really freed me it has really freed me and it wasn't like it was intentional. I was never intentionally hurting other people. It was just like a way I was trying to protect myself, you know? Um, I didn't allow people to really get close to me because if I felt like if I allowed people close to me, they would just hurt me. And um, that theory has been proven to be a bit true. But I think that you also like manifest certain things. You speak those things into existence, right? Because our words have power. There's power of life and death in the tongue. So if you're constantly saying, if I just let someone close to me, they're going to hurt me, then that's what you're going to constantly see. But if instead I say that, hey, look, I know that people are intuitively good. I feel like there's more good than evil in this world. So that if I let people in, God is going to send me the right people that have the right intentions for my life and that will be great to me and treat me right and treat me the way that I deserve to be treated, the way that God says I deserve to be treated and loved. Um, I think that's what I'm going to attract. And that's what I'm starting to attract. I am meeting some wonderful people. And I love that. I love that. I, I love what God is doing. I love how God is just filling me with joy. I'm I'm getting filled with so much joy that it's like it definitely outweighs the pain and that I don't feel that pain as much. And that is important. So. Whew, it's been an episode. It's been an episode. So this episode is sponsored by the Financial Freedom Plan, where I help you to be able to create a custom plan that actually works for you so that you can start living your dream life in your perfect day every day. And if you want to know more about that, book a free financial breakthrough call with me so that we can talk about you and your dream goals and how we can make that a reality for you. All right. I love y'all. I hope y'all have an amazing <laughs> rest of your week. And we'll be back next week with something wonderful. Bye.